You're tuning in to Spectre Radio, but wait, don't touch that dial, because this is Spectre Radio presents the MCU. Revisiting our favorite movie moments, debating about scenes from the shows, and combing through the comics. We're just three millennials, binging our way through the MCU, through the eyes of the heroes, villains, and creatures alike. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. Shall we play a game? My name is Alyssa, and we are... Spectre Radio. Why do you always do that thing? That thing you do while you're fighting. This this thing you do. You whip your hair when you're fighting with the arm and the hair, and you flip your hair and you do like a fighting pose. It's a fighting pose. You are such a spoiler. Thank you, Yelena, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoilers. I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband, he renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're gonna wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. of enemies. His call signs Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated, fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there? Enough. to go back to where it all started. So they never do that to anyone again. We're a family. We fight with you. You won't win. I've always found it best. Not to look into the past. Okay, you got a plan or shall I just stay duck and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. Please, please, I beg you, no more undercover work. I want to get back in the action. I want my suit back. I want to get back in it. And it is Spectre Radio. Welcome back, <laughs> ladies. Oh, uh, that's funny is- <laughs> you have the suit as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have worn it. I got my hair in a braid and everything. Like, I'm ready to go. Nice. Uh, no, sorry. I had to go to an in-person hiring event today. <laughs> I had to oh, wear a different different kind of suit. (laughs) Um, But yes, I said, welcome back, ladies, because it's ladies night. Now that we're doing a review of Black Widow, I'm just declaring it ladies night and taking over. I thought you were Um, calling us ladies for a second. Especially because Andrew is at a bachelorette party. So it's it's (laughs) definitely ladies night with uh, that. You heard that right. Bachelorette party. So uh, we are super excited to have our guest host, Adam, back here. Woohoo! Hey, hey, guys. It's a pleasure to be back. <laughs> Thanks for filling in. Um, we so appreciate your support and your help. And Adam is going to go ahead and kick us off with the movie recap. In 1995, Super Soldier Alexei and Black Widow Milena work as Russian undercover agents, posing as a family with Natasha Romanoff and Yelena Belova as their daughters. 
They steal S.H.I.E.L.D. intel and escape to Cuba with their boss, General Dracoff, has Natasha and Yelena taken to the Red Room for training. Fast forward to 2016, Natasha is a fugitive hiding at a safe house in Norway. Meanwhile, Yelena kills a former rogue Black Widow and comes into contact with Red Dust and snaps out of the Red Room brainwashing. She then sends the antidote files to Natasha and goes into hiding. Shortly after receiving the vials, Natasha is attacked by a Red Room agent, Taskmaster. She escapes and realizes that the vials come from Budapest. There, after the sisters' smackdown of the century, Yelena reveals to Natasha that Dracoff is alive and the Red Room is still active. The Black Widow and Taskmaster attack, but the sisters escape. Then they break Alexei out of prison to learn Dracoff's location. Alexei then leads them to Milena, who lives on a farm testing the Red Room's chemical mind control on pigs. She turns on the family and alerts Dracoff and his agents arrive to take them. Can the family band together to fulfill Natasha's mission and save the rest of the women under the Black Widow program? Very nice, Adam. Very nicely done. <laughs> you might be replacing one of us on the podcast, I feel like. That was so good. <laughs> stay, t- stay tuned to find out which one you replaced. Right, right. Uh, moving on to our first topic of Behind the Red Room. Room. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> Empty room. Okay. Um, so Scarlett Johansson was not the first choice for Black Widow. Ooh. Do we do know who? Well. I know Alyssa knows. She's, she's trying <laughs> I do know. Say, Adam, <laughs> I'm not do playing you- along. I'm in the dark you know, over here. No, me. Wyatt, tell us who was Emily it? Blunt. Oh my goodness. This is such news to me. For the first time, you're just hearing this. <laughs> Ever. No, she's good though, man. That would have been interesting to see her in a true action film because I still haven't seen Jungle Cruise. Don't come at me. But I know good. that's more action, right? So Give it time. It'll be on Disney Plus for free. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or the website that I gave Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't tell anybody about that. Yeah, let's let's uh, delete that. That never existed. <laughs> um, so that would have meant that she would have had what? She was in seven or eight movies total in the MCU. So I mean, she would have been cast in all of them, correct? I would assume, unless you have like a roadie situation, <laughs> you're like replaced. <laughs> Right. Or like a Mark Ruffalo situation, and you are the replacement. Oh, true, true. So it could, I feel like with her career, maybe it would have ended up to be like that because she's been in so much. And I feel like when Marvel started, that was like right around when she did Devil's uh, Devil Wears Prada. So that would have been interesting. Um, I mean, I think she's focusing more on writing with her husband currently. Because, you know, they did those crap or those movies, um, the scary ones that. Um, a Quiet Place, I think. Quiet Place and Quiet Place 2. I know he, she helped direct and write those as well as star in it oh, as well. Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. So Devil Wears Prada was 2006. Iron Man was 2008. So I was pretty okay. close. Now, could you imagine if they had swapped places? We got Emily Blunt as Black Widow, but you would have got ScarJo as Mary Poppins and in the Jungle Cruise. No. No. Yeah. Jungle no. Cruise maybe. Work that way. I could buy Jungle Cruise, but Mary Poppins I don't think so. I don't see that. But also Emily Blunt is like actually British, so 
and it helps. Mary Poppins is hard to follow up. Julie Andrews, like it is. Yeah, I did really like that interpretation, though. I think they did a really excellent job. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Widow was not originally on the side of good. Hmm. Supposedly, she was supposed to be a villain. Evil. Not sure of the validity behind that. I'm sure Andrew will correct me once he listens to this. Sure, but he's not here, so please continue. Exactly. Okay. Uh, the A Black <laughs> Widow movie was actually written in 2004. Ooh. But that's not what we got. We got this one that was written for 2021. Yeah, her name definitely sounds more like a villain name mm-hmm. at first. Black. Yeah, thought like Natasha. That's that, that, <laughs> that classic, too. You know, Russian what is you know, Natasha Romanov yeah um, Romanov too that's true I'm just learning this for the first time but she's biologically enhanced just like Cap um I read that for the comic version yeah I don't know if the movie version is the same it but would I'm, make I'm sense thinking because... it what they mean is like what you're to see what the say with the red room like how they what they were engineering her and I think the rest the, of the ones in the program. I think the movie explained it that her genetics made her more susceptible to the training. So she was more, you know, adapt at becoming the widow. Mm. That makes sense. Um, David Harbour or Habauer, however you say his last name. Harbour. Um, yeah, you had it. So he actually, he actually got stuck in the suit when, when he was trying to put it on. That wasn't that wasn't scripted. He actually got stuck trying to put it Where's over. Where's my super suits? <laughs> that was like totally Mr. Incredible vibes. Thousand percent. I'm in the suit. That was fine. Thousand percent. Uh two more of mine. Um, an early version of the script included Tony Stark. Oh god, of course. Because why wouldn't it? It's a Marvel movie. Ugh. Uh however, he was replaced for Secretary Ross, who was hunting Natasha at the beginning of the film. Yeah, he so didn't look what, too good. So from what I was reading, they wanted Tony in there to basically establish where we are in the timeline. That's the only reason why they wanted Tony in this movie. But also, but, he said, no more. I did. Bye-bye. I do not want to do Iron Man ever again. Didn't he say that after uh, Endgame and Infinity War? I guess. Maybe that's why they killed him off. I don't think that's why they killed him off, but I think they, after he was gone, they were, he was like, bye, no more. Cause I don't think he's doing what if it's a different actor doing his voice. Isn't it mostly different actors doing the voices? Not exactly, but like, yeah, Scarlet's not involved in that mm-hmm. one, but Bucky's Bucky. Mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman was black Panther. Rhodey was mm-hmm. Rhodey. I'm pretty sure those were all. Yeah. It's Disney. <laughs> They've got the power to go, Hey, you're coming back for a voice let's go right right from for, for yeah. most of them <laughs> and last one the script only took 11 days to write 11 days 11 days what that explains why this movie sucked anyway <gasps> oh no shots fired uh, this the, early you guys have time out. to actually pop your popcorn before the end of the podcast then because Girl, we about to have a cat fight then if you say in this movie sucked cuz I knew I knew this was coming so I'm ready. Let's go. I knew you I knew you would say that. Wow. Okay, well, I'll be ladylike and let our guest go next. <laughs> I thought there was ladies night. Ladies should go first. <laughs> but fine. no, I'll that's go. Why, that's why I went first. 
<laughs> Alrighty, so uh, the ones I found is David Harbour lost 60 pounds to do the opening flashback sequence. And so was that Andy... like at the end of filming? <laughs> like well, was... in the sequence, you know what I mean? Like, did he have to lose the weight or gain the weight? <laughs> That's a good question. Or he may have had it lost because the trailer for season four of Stranger Things also has him at a Russian prison where right. he's looking a little, a little gaunt in the face. Right. So it right. may have been he lost it there and had to put it back on and, you know, sit back, eat Twinkies for, you know. Right. Yeah. He suit. yo-yoed a bit. That's so funny. It's a perfect dad bod for this movie, by the way. <laughs> All righty. So another one I had was that Scarlett Johansson had a golf cart with a big spider mounted on it to get around on set and they called it the widow mobile oh <laughs> my gosh i want one we can put a spider on top of your your kia and <laughs> for, yeah, this for Halloween. Halloween. then they're gonna think it's an anti-pesto car <laughs> oh that, that's true <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> that's a great marketing idea but halloween yeah that could work <laughs> Alrighty, more on my list is David Harbour actually picked the song American Pie to have it featured in the movie. Aww. Oh, funny. The tones of the song fit so well with them trying to fit in as, as Americans. Yeah, okay. that definitely fit. And I think it fit like the time period too really well. I liked that. So my last one was uh, Florence Pugh, who played Yelena, uh, took care of a cactus throughout the entire filming. And she documented it on social media and everything. She would sing to it, uh, ask her <laughs> fans for tips on how to, to, to care for it, and actually had to perform a, a mini you know, plant surgery on it to help keep it alive. A little plant surgery. Oh, no. That is so random. But I love this. I love this fact. Um, okay, this is great because I only had one of all of that on my list. Okay. Um, so apparently according to writer, Eric Pearson, Florence Pugh actually teased Scarlett Johansson about Black Widow's iconic posing during filming. So Pearson actually put that line in the film. <laughs> That's cool. So out of all the things that took 11 days, I guess that one kind of wrote itself. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, speaking of Florence, she was very impressive in this movie and so much so that uh, the Marvel executives, including Kevin Feige, really liked her and decided in July of 2020 that they were going to include her in future MCU films. And she may even become like the next, the new Black Widow. Mm. And, um, you know, we kind of get like a teaser for that in the post credit scene, I feel like. So who knows? Anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. Ever Anderson, the little girl who plays the young Natasha Romanoff. Mm -hmm. Um, she actually got the part because she already speaks Russian and she has a green belt in Taekwondo. So she was like ready for the action apparently. So Yelena actually, uh, mistakenly calls Alexi the crimson dynamo rather than the red guardian at one point in the film. And in the comics, the Crimson Dynamo is a Russian supervillain and a powerful armor who usually fights Iron Man and has been a teammate of the Red Guardian. 
His real name was Anton Vanko, and he was the father of Ivan Vanko, who was Mickey Rourke from mm. Iron Man 2 in 2010. Um, and so the electric weaponry that we saw from Ivan Vanko was based on Crimson Dynamo from the comics. So it all okay. connects. It all connects. And the last one I had, um, if you're anything like me and you love pop culture, you know that Scarlett Johansson is married to trivia. Anyone? Oh, I just read this. Works oh. on Saturday Night Live. Damn it. <laughs> no clue. Why it's like, I will phone a friend. I don't know pop uh, culture, so not me. Her husband is Colin Jost. He's one of the anchors of Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. He's the white guy. <laughs> and he's obviously a big Marvel fan. And funny enough, obviously his castmate is Taryn Killam, who's the wife of Kobe Smolders, who's the husband of Kobe Smolders. His wife is Kobe Smolders, who is Maria Hill. So we're getting all the connections. But uh, my point in saying this is Scarlett actually asked Colin to rehearse lines from the movie with her, but he refused because he didn't want any. Oh, I've read that too. <laughs> so um, yeah, there you go. So, so confession time. I've never seen Saturday Night Live. Ever? Ever. I don't Not know if you clips. would like it. No. You'd like the older stuff, but I think the newer stuff, because it's, you know, obviously makes fun of all the politicians and everything. I don't know if you'd like it. I think it's right. hilarious. Most of it is really I hilarious. I, I think what well, Adam was just like, I've seen maybe a clip or so here and there on like a, either, a, you know, a TikTok, you know, passing or whatever. But as far as I sit down to watch it all the way through, who knows one with, with, with Will Ferrell, where I'm like, this isn't funny. Like, why, why is this happening? Yeah, they're really hit or miss. There are some that are hilarious and they just make you want to pee your pants laughing. And then there's others that are just not. Like anytime they do the Lawrence Welk show, I just absolutely lose it. And it's so funny. Um, <laughs> the girl with like the big forehead. It's so funny. And Gilly's hilarious. All the stuff with Kristen Wiig in the past was good. So those those were the good the good years. And now it's still pretty funny. The, I think the skits they think had about COVID were good, too. <laughs> I think it's generational because my my dad talks about, oh, Every Saturday night, 10 o'clock, we know exactly where we were going to be, where through the years, it's kind of lost on, on the newer generation. And it's true. We know about it being, you know, the millennials, but ask a zillennial and they'll probably right. like Saturday night. What? Right. Unless they're watching it for the musical acts on there, which are typically, I think Olivia Rodrigo did one. She's a zillennial. She's a little Gen Z, but. Well, yeah, I agree. My dad's the one that's the fan, so that would track. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're ready to take the show on the road, ladies, to our next category of what if. So for my what if, obviously this film was supposed to kick off the phase four for Marvel, but obviously with the COVID-19 pandemic, it delayed the film's release from May 2020 all the way to July of 2021. So instead, we got the mini series of WandaVision to kick off phase four instead, um, which I really loved and I'm really excited to get to shortly. P.S. I got my Halloween Wanda Funko Pop finally in the mail just in time 
for Halloween six months after I ordered it. Thank you, the line jumper, for being the worst. But I have it. <laughs> so my question is, what if Black Widow had released in May 2020 as scheduled? Do you think that would have affected anything? Because obviously Black Widow broke several pandemic box office records, grossed over 377 million worldwide and became the fifth highest grossing film of 2021. And I can say just from my personal perspective, this was the first movie I went and saw in theaters since March of 2020. And I don't even know if I had seen a movie back then. and it was the first time, like, I felt comfortable to go and everything. So what do you think? If it would have come out back in May of last year, do you think it would have performed just as well? Or what are your thoughts with there being no vaccine at the time, too? So are you saying, like, if we didn't get, like, if we didn't have COVID-19? like how? No, I'm saying, like, or- if things were the same and the movie was released at, in May in theaters still. I think it would have been a success only because everyone went after Endgame and left us where it did. You know, you know, we win, but what do we lose at the same time? You know, we, we lost Tony and, but to get everybody on the train for the next phase, I think it would have been a, 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 a big success, even with COVID going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, because especially coming off of Endgame, you're hungry for, okay, now what? You know, I need, I need more. I need more to fill this, uh, this void in my life now that we've, <laughs> we, we've ended. We've, void. <laughs> I, need, I need more, more of the drug. More of the drug. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think it depends, right? Because obviously we, we got the option to, like, upgrade and watch it on Disney+. Plus right? Which is the whole, where the whole lawsuit came from. So I think, you know, had they given that option back in May, like a lot of uh, companies were doing at the time, other film companies were doing at the time. I think I agree with Adam. It still would have been a really big success. Obviously it's not going to be the same in terms of box office records, because I feel like there would have been a much stronger presence over streaming. I think there was really only like one film that I ended up paying like 30 bucks to stream. Um, and I don't even remember. I think it was. No. Oh no. I haven't seen that. (laughs) Cruella. Uh, no, I saw that one in theaters. (laughs) I think that was after black widow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say, I think it was in the Heights, but I did also see it in person. So yeah, we saw it in person. We did, but that was in like July. Yeah. Wasn't it late July? Wasn't it? Or no. Mm -hmm. Anyway, whatever it was, then I was like, I'm going to all the movies. Then I got way back into it again. And now I'm definitely going to the movies this weekend. I just made plans to go see Dear Evan Hansen. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, I think if the streaming numbers would be you know, tabulated into that complete box office total. I think it still would have been by the numbers perspective, a success. Um, I think we were all just ready for more Marvel again, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and just starving for more content because now obviously we have all the TV shows and we're so spoiled with all of that. Um, and we're getting like a boatload of other films and mm-hmm. 
I saw there's like a Star Wars anime that's coming out this week Came or it launched today. today. And I was like, what? When did this happen? It looks so amazing. I was like, what rock have I been under that I've missed this <laughs> announcement? I guess there's how, just... how does the Spectre crew not know all about this? I know. Why? Did you know about it? It must have lost in translation. I don't even know what it's called. But anyway, it looks really cool and I want to watch Visions. it. So Visions, is that what it's called? Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. We'll get into that more after the show. But uh, <laughs> before you move on from your point, do you think with Black Widow, how it, it starts jumping back to the 90s, then a few years before current time where, you know, we're post-Civil War, but before Infinity War, do you think that whole backwards jump in time would have helped the massive jump in time we had with WandaVision starting, you know, going through the 60s, 70s, 80s? Hmm. Well, that's there, a, there, there was a lot of an interesting question because I didn't mind that because I kind of knew that was the whole premise of the show. And like a lot of the, you know, uh, pop culture news was reporting that that was the case, right? That each episode was going to take us through another era. I don't think it was really until the end of the first episode or beginning of the second of WandaVision when we got kind of the, uh, aha moment they kind of break the fourth wall if you will out of the tv and it's like oh this is present day but she's like trapped in this dream or sequence or whatever it is so i think just being me and like knowing where this was at in the timeline i was okay with that and just personally because i enjoy like the theatrical side of things i really liked the idea of this being, you know, like you said, going through the decades. So I don't know if that would have been totally necessary, but that might just be my personal <laughs> preference coming out. What if Natasha had killed Drake off with the bomb? You know, mm. in my mind that it, it leads us down the road where she never gets back with Yelena and, and you know, I don't, I don't know where it would take us. Mm. Um, I mean, roll credits. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that it definitely, can you restate your question? Mine? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so um, what if N- Natasha's bomb had killed Drake off? Okay. I got it. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I think it definitely wouldn't be a roll credit situation. I feel like even if he would have died, it was possible maybe his daughter survived and maybe out of like vengeance, she took up the torch and then she started to run the red room and do the whole thing from there. That could be an interesting plot. Or I think if it's not her, I feel like some other zealot in his crew would take up that responsibility. And I got my, I got the wheels turned into my head now. What if the mom had uh, continued the research <coughs> right it almost would have made a better movie you know daughter versus mother yeah exactly hmm well, i don't know if it made a better movie but it would have <laughs> definitely made it interesting <laughs> um because i liked this movie unlike some people i thought it was very good i didn't say not- it was my favorite i'm not putting it in a top seven like some particular people <laughs> But I liked it very much. I thought it was a very well-written, very well-acted 
movie. So there's that. I feel like it would have been a better plot than what we got because as I, I tested to before and Alyssa just confirmed, I wasn't a fan of this movie. So I'm glad she said people on that because you're not the only one. Oh, no. Ooh. Um, it would have been cool to have a mother-daughter kind of battle, not battle, but struggle and fight. Um, you, know, you guys can forget. just come to my house on Sundays to see that. Oh, boy. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I didn't feel like the whole Drake off was that big of a villain. Yes, you know, he did this red room. Oh, yep. You, you know, you fought to kill him and all of a sudden he's back. Oh, and we're just going to kill him the next day again. It, it seemed too convenient of that, you know, instantly they knew how to get a hold of him, how to reach him, and, and brought him down just like that. So, a different aspect, uh, maybe, you know, a different main villain, you know, who continued the Red Room, like Alyssa was thinking, that would have made the movie better for me. I had another one, and mine was, what if Yelena never broke from her trance, and what if she was Taskmaster, and she was, like, designed to destroy her sister and the Avengers? I like that. That might be better than the mother-daughter fight. Like <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I was Just, thinking when I was like, sister. maybe I'll say it, maybe I won't. Why didn't you start with that one? <laughs> I liked my other one better because I got to put some trivia in there, but I forgot that I had that one and I saw it on my second bullet point. I was like, oh man. So there it is. Da, da, da. Now that the shockwaves have landed, I'll let your brains absorb that information to come up with your opinions. but. I think it definitely would have been, you know, I don't want to say better, but definitely another interesting way to take the plot. It would have taken it into possibly another movie. Like. Right. It could have been like a two parter. I almost envision it like, you know, the uh, Yana turns at the end, like, like she's undercover trying to get onto, um, Natasha's good graces, you know, being the, the good sister that she is. But then at the end, you know, she either gets pushed off of the, the plane. and was like, this is for mother or this is for father or whatever. Um, and then roll credits. And then that gets us into Black Widow too. Right, exactly. I do think she would have made a better taskmaster. It's like when I originally saw, you know, the pop up on screen, I originally, I thought it was the dad. I thought it was Alexi. And I'm like, we haven't oh, seen him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. How, how awesome would that be? You know, father daughter fight. You know, we're just, ha- we're just going to have the entire family fight here. Honestly. But a sister fight like that would have made the character worth it. This is, I'm, I'm going to steal one out off of my worst here. I'm, you know, kind of jumping ahead. But I think the whole Taskmaster was a throwaway character. Yeah. But if it was Yelena, we would have cared more and had more probably on-screen time. Okay. Yeah. Again, making the, again making this movie better. I will say um, Taskmaster has a little show at the Avengers campus, and it is very good. The acting is not the best, but the music and the throwing of arms and the noises is very cool. And you're like really far away from it. So if you're not really paying that close of attention, it looks 
really great. But if you're, you know, <laughs> not, <laughs> if you're not under the age of seven, you're might, you might be like, they're not really punching each other. Um, <laughs> but it's, this is cute. I liked it. Moving on to our next topic off best and worst. Um, it's a couple of my best. There's only a couple because again, wasn't a fan of this movie. Um, I liked the, <laughs> I'll call it the James Bond intro for this. Um, any of you guys that have watched James Bond movies, you know, it has a very long rolling credit intro where they play a remix of a song. Did you guys notice what song that was playing? I loved it. It's a Nirvana remix. Smells yeah. like Teen Spirit. Oh, mm-hmm. is that what it was? But but very but very dark and very elusive. Um, it's very nice. I did too. I did like that. I'm watching. I'm like, why do I know these words, but I don't know this song? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and my other one, I liked the Lara Croft vibes at the end with them kind of rolling around and like pulling their weapons, just like Lara would. I thought I thought that was cool, and that's all I got from from, from my from my best. Um, Adam, what do you have? Um, so like every podcast, you guys say the you know the comedy and the action were always great. Um, I think the comedy was more subtle in this one, and it wasn't so you know like right there on the nose, which made it up you know the little bit we got a lot better. And it's in this case a little bit went a long way. So could uh, love the action and the comedy. Um, the theme of family being who you choose, not who you're related to. You know, they started off in the beginning. You thought they were a family. It turns out they were four people who were, you know, you know, Russian sleeper cell. But it ends up they got to in the end when they all came back together, they chose to be with each other. They chose to care about everybody and meaning, you know, your family is blood but sometimes it's who you choose it's 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 more than just blood that that theme in there i really liked it and the callback to budapest it's an ongoing joke with natasha and clint of budapest you know i love it budapest right um several movies they've gone you know they've they've made those jokes and now we get to find out a little bit more of you know Oh, you know, we hid here. We were hiding. You know, we did this. We were, you know, it took us this long for the the heat to die down before we finally escaped, and and it fulfilled a lot of, you know, enriched the backstory we got from you know those characters. For sure. So short list as well as Wyatt's. So, you know, <laughs> we'll pass it off. Well, the very top of my best is Florence Pugh, and that's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie did a really good job, kind of like Adam was just saying, of connecting Marvel stories, but not being like overly Marvel-y. Like it wasn't like, hey, by the way, we're in a Marvel movie. And then five minutes later, hey, by the way, we're in a Marvel movie. It just felt like it was its stand uh, own standalone kind of story. Um really kind of introducing you to this family and like there were callbacks here or there to those things, but I didn't feel like it was overly Marvel. Like Mm -hmm. Spider-Man was like, and the answer to the trivia question is vibranium. I was like, okay, we get it. We're in the MCU. What's Um, behind door number one is Tony Stark. Right. 
Yeah, he wasn't in that movie. That's also on my best. Um, I thought the costumes were great. The Red Guardian thing was funny, obviously. Uh, and the jacket being passed like back and forth between the sisters um, feels like super accurate. I only have a sister-in-law and we still like trade clothes. So um, I thought that was very nice and like definitely made that moment like very poignant later on when we see her in the jacket um, and then it's back on her sister at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of nice. Um, female empowerment. I think they did a pretty good job of in this movie. I think Captain Marvel did it better and it really had the original idea of a female villain as well. But I really liked this movie when I came out of the theater, I actually saw this with Dexter mm -hmm. and I told him like eight and a half out of 10, I would give it. And most viewers gave it four out of five stars so i'm not four, I'm not four out of five not no no no. why oh, let not me four reiterate out of ten. Oh, not four crap. out of ten four out of five so you are alone no i'm not in most of that um because my numbers kind of match up right if it's eight and a half out of ten it's pretty much four out of five pretty close um the worst um the accents were a little bad at times i think the acting in general was good but sometimes like David Harbour's accent, you were like, oh, not the best one. But Florence Pugh can literally do any accent. She's great. Um, obviously, like Natasha's was better when she was a child because that actress actually spoke Ro Russian. Um, and um, Melina being their mom wasn't super convincing, which I guess kind of makes sense, given the fact that she's not actually their mom. Right. And um, the Red Room, they didn't really tie out up the loose ends. They were just like, okay, we saved all the widows. The end. And I'm like, what's going to happen to all these people that have all of this terrible trauma from being sterilized and beaten and all these other things? They ripped away from their families. They're going back into their lives. Like they're basically coming back from the snap, but right. without dying, right? Mm -hmm. So didn't really like that. They didn't tie up the loose ends there. It'd be nice to see that in like a future film or something. Um, and the last thing this, I really enjoyed, but the nose thing, I saw that coming a mile away. They just were letting the, they were letting Drakov talk too much about it and how they set it up with the pigs. And then they were talking about the olfactory sensor sensory stuff, you know, and it was like, Oh, the sense of smell. And so she was like, I'm about to bam and smacks her head on the table. I was like, yeah, I saw that coming that she was going to break her nose or do whatever she needed to do to be able to not smell. It was kind of like the same twist in um, Get Out. If you've seen that movie, it's it felt very similar. It was like, OK, that's that's where this is going. It was clever. I think they could have just revealed it a bit better. So I didn't have a ton of worse, but those were my those were my worsts. Okay, then I'll fill in the gap. Um, so where do I start? Hmm. I'll start with okay, the beginning, the olden scene when they're escaping on the on the airplane. Okay. That bothers me so much. So when the mom is I'm a shot, pilot and I know all these things about airplanes, so I'm gonna tell you guys what actually happens. It helps to have continuity and actually stuff work for the reason why it works. So when Natasha's told to get into the front seat to help fly because the mom gets shot, the first thing she does is that she grabs the yoke, the steering wheel, and yanks it to the right. 
that would not make the plane do the movement that it did. Because to move the plane on the ground, you use the foot pedals, you use the rudder pedals to move the front wheel. So I'm calling crap on that. So um, for the, the two out of three of us who aren't pilots on you know doing this show right now, it's not like a steering wheel because everybody who's no. not a pilot understands, oh, you turn the steering wheel, the plane moves. The when you're in the air, yes. But when you're on the ground, the foot pedals move the front wheel. Um, the the skydiving scene, opening a chute within seconds before hitting the ground <laughs> will kill anybody. It's all green screen. Come on. Um, the car explosion on the bridge when um, she's facing the taskmaster. Taskmaster, that would have killed anybody, but she comes off without a scratch. Granted, she's a soup, kind of. So she comes off completely unscathed. Like, not even, like, her hair's still in place. Oh, I've been saying that since the first movie she was introduced, that it's not reasonable for that to be the case. So I completely agree. But, Um, like, they do this in every movie. We're just used to it by now. I'm still calling it out every time I see it. Um, The helicopter scene after they've rescued the dad um, and she says, uh, Natasha says that she went west to become an Avenger. That's a lie. She initially went west to become a shield agent. So why is That's she telling basically that she went the same thing? But it's not the Avengers didn't exist. Oh, well, that's where she so ended why, up. That's where she ended up, but that's not where she was going. And that'd be like finally, me saying I went to college to be a recruiter when that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my intention when I went to college, but that's, that's where I ended, ended up, right? Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> um, and lastly, um, Alyssa, put up your due because I'm ready to fight you on this one, but I think this is a failed female superhero movie. Oh, God, Wyatt, get off your soapbox. Ad- Adam agrees with me. That's the number okay. one on my, on my worst list. So that it, if you brought it up, I, I'm just going to put mine out there here you have this very female driven movie, you know, three, you know, the, you got the two sisters, the mom, all in, and all the widows controlled by a man. And it's like, Oh yes. It's set in the nineties. So like originally, so that would track. Well, here it is. It, you know, when they jump forward to 2016, you know, here it is. Oh, you've got this network of, of, basically super spies assassins around the globe all controlled by a man they're brainwashed they're literally brainwashed true but here it 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 seems like it's it cheapened the whole thing so if it had been if it had been the mother who had taken over for drake off if he had died you know had it been you know yelena who, who was helping control you know having them be the ones who are in power, you know, the big final boss would have made more sense. But it's once again, a man controlling everything. I think it cheapened the, the, the message of, of the female power in this movie. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So say this movie didn't exist. This movie has not advanced or shown anything more about the plot. Neither has Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3 or a and bunch of other movies that we get in the MCU that are fillers. We've we, we talked about that as well. I know they wanted to do an, an origin story for her because she is one of the more 
on-screen female actors in the MCU. So I understand. She's the only female Avenger originally, and all the other Avengers got origin stories except except Hawkeye. We're getting his TV show now. No, I'm saying original Avenger. She's the only one. They all got origin stories leading up to the Avengers movie, except Hawkeye, and she did not. (laughs) So it's about damn time they both get their own stuff. Because the first time we see her in the timeline is Iron Man 2? Yes. Where, you know, she's the legal secretary or whatever her her title. Natalie Rushman. Right, exactly. Don't ask me how I remember that. That's good. <laughs> She's a very expensive legal matter. There you go. <laughs> they, they, they definitely could have done more with this movie, um, because every other every other character except for Natasha, we don't see anywhere else in any other movie. All we see is Natasha. Grant, this is her origin story. This is Black Widow movie, but. I'm still standing by what I said. I be- I truly believe this movie failed to bump up the female superhero. Show me a good female superhero movie. Captain Marvel definitely wasn't one. Oh my god! Like I said, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to go. I could say something, but I'm not going to. Say it. You won't. <laughs> I'm not. It's not appropriate for the podcast. Okay, then. Te- then text it to me later. Okay. <laughs> No, no, text it to us. I want to be in. I want to see this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Adam, you want to continue with your worst? Yes. Let's, um, so I started with that whole cheapening of the women, um, bit, you know, little soapbox I went on there. Uh, the sci-fi science and how convenient (laughs) everything just happened to be. It's like, oh, you're in this tower over here and it's just conveniently going to explode and drop you right where you need to be. And, you know, oh, oh, here it is. You just randomly found a parachute, you know, on the side of this cliff. You're about, you know, this floating building you're going to jump off so you can conveniently roll through a helicopter, grab another, you know, parachute for your sister who's falling, you know, you know, before you. It just seemed awfully convenient and it, you know, didn't make sense in in the plot. I agree. Uh, um, I've already touched on the, the lack of Taskmaster. It seemed like, you know, it was this big villain. It was on all the merchandise that came out when the movie was originally supposed to come out. And we got, what, four minutes total of Taskmaster? You know, a two-minute fight in the beginning to and to introduce how, how badass, well, now she was, not he. Mm-hmm. And, like, a minute when she's talking to Drake off and like another minute at the end where it's like, you know, Oh, here it is where you don't want to fight me. And Oh, here, here's the red dust. You're not going to fight me. Um, but overall, I think this movie or this movie and the final phases of the, or the, a lot of phase three of the MC MCU have cheapened all the other characters. And I got a little bit of a list here. So, Black Widow come, you know, Avengers one was the super spy assassin can do anything and, you know, is literally taking on an alien army with a pistol. This woman is a badass. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the brief glimpse we get in what is it? Age of Ultron of the Red Room Mm -hmm. where, you know, she may be one of dozens. Mm -hmm. If if that 
you know, she's very elite. And now this movie, no, not one of dozens. You're one of thousands, possibly tens of thousands. You're not unique at all anymore. Mm. So it, it doesn't make her special. Um, in that same sense, the super soldiers just keep getting introduced out of everywhere. <laughs> it's you originally, it was just Cap. Well, technically, Red Skull was one too, but he was a failed experiment. So then, then they turned Bucky into a super soldier, right. and he was a you know another he you know he was the one assassin that Black Widow was scared of, and then all of a sudden, wait, no more. There's five more of him that are even better, and it's like okay, Bucky's not not unique anymore, and with the other super soldiers, it's. Now you have the Russian version, Red Guardian, and you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier introduced an, you know more super soldiers with uh, Isaiah Bradley, and that series brought in even more super soldiers. So you're no longer it's you know Cap's yeah. no longer unique being just you know one of the very few super soldiers. Um, so it felt like you know the farther we go. It, things feel a little a little bit cheaper to me and this movie was you know just did it you know did that for me as yeah, well yeah i mean i feel like that's fair with any fandom though like the more we get into harry potter like i don't give a shit about any of these fantastic beast movies sorry not sorry like i just don't <laughs> care like i just don't oh, oh. <laughs> i just don't and then like Star Wars, you know what I mean? We're getting more and more stuff and everybody has problems with all of the new stuff. So to a certain degree, you're going to get a little bit of that in any kind of uh, <laughs> fantasy universe. That's true. I could just be coming one of those toxic fans that have ruined Star no, Wars. No, that's not what I'm saying. If I wanted <laughs> to accuse you of that, I would have just said that. <laughs> no, it's, it just, I seem to be more skeptic, skeptical. You know, I'm normally a, you know, a fanboy of the things I like. I absolutely love Star Wars and and I've loved just about everything the MCU has done. But this movie was good, but it felt more like just a setup for a Disney Plus show. No, that's I totally agree with that. I yeah, believe, that's fair. I believe that's and, the case. The cutscene, you know, at I'm like, I didn't recall anybody I've talked to really wanting the backstory or more of a backstory of the Black Widow but here it is. We got one. Yep. And then it didn't feel too much like a Marvel movie. And then all of a sudden, boom, your cutscene. It's straight set up for a, a probably a Disney plus show. Yep. It was the same way. I don't, I don't know why it, if you, if you finally watched Falcon and winter soldier, of course, okay, not. then I'll, I'll keep that cutscene. but you know, the Elaine on there is not the first time we've seen her. Right. Do you think um, if we would have got this movie back in the original timeline when we got introduced to Iron Man and Hulk and all the others that it would have been better, more well-received by the two of you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It seems like every time we jump back in time to basically retcon something, those movies don't go over well with some of the fans why it's not a fan of captain marvel where we jump back into the 90s this one jumped us 
you know, started in the 90s, took place majority after Civil War before, you know, the the conclusion of, of, of phase three. But it's still it's a jump back in time. I, it's right. not the it's not the jumping that that bothers me. It's they're they've got so much potential for these movies, and I feel like they're falling short. Um, like those those of you that have listened to Captain Marvel or Captain Marvel podcast, you understand I don't like it because of the political stunt that Marvel tried doing with that movie. That's not the reason why I don't like this movie. I don't like this movie for a different reason. I love the the backtrack into the nineties because that's where we all grew up on it's very nostalgic for us i'm not sure i'm i'm glad that Alyssa shared that website that allows us to <laughs> not to, to not pay for it because i would have been upset if i would have paid 20 bucks to see this Let's oh just put my it that god way. oh my god would you pay 20 bucks to watch this again Alyssa? i paid less than 20 bucks to see it in theaters but i i would like to watch it again but would you would you pay? No, because I have the website. Movies? Because I have the website. And no, I wouldn't because I wouldn't do that for any movie. I'm not saying that this is my favorite movie. I'm not saying that it's the best movie. I'm saying it was a good movie that I enjoyed. And I'm glad that my favorite Avenger, <laughs> original <laughs> Avenger, finally got her origin story. Okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> I'm still giving the movie like a 7 out of 10. You know, that's I'm not a fair quite assessment, the, I, and that's I'm not, not saying not you hated it. Then, if you gave it a seven out of ten, I'm glad I watched it, being a Marvel movie. But I definitely wasn't. I'm. I'm not sorry that I missed it in theaters. I wasn't paying thirty bucks to watch it on Disney Plus when it became a free option. Then I planned on watching it, but you know, we'll thank the website I mean, for that's that too. But I also feel like that's every movie for me. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna wait. Yeah, I mean, I agree with I agree with Adam. I wouldn't give it. A, I'd probably give it maybe a five and a half. I wouldn't Goodness. watch it intentionally. Like if I'm flicking through every one of the twenty seven movies that we have, I wouldn't intentionally watch it unless someone w- wanted to watch it. Then I'd watch it with them. But I don't. I don't not like it to the point to where I'm gonna completely blow it off and be like, no, we're not watching that. That movie sucks. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I. I listen. I agree with you. I like that we got a an origin story for her i do i just didn't think they executed it good as well as they could have especially if they only wrote the script in in 11 days that that means it was rushed i don't know about that it makes me curious about the you said it was 2004 script yeah what would that would have turned out and and an origin movie back in phase one where could that have led to now right so, I do have one final worst. Hello. And I believe I got this from Ethan and Eric at Nerd Inst- Nerd Incident Inst- Inst- Ethan and Eric at Nerd Institute. <laughs> if I could talk tonight. Um, but you have all these major organizations that know nothing about the other one. We have Shield is massive, you know, everyone they the world does know of Shield, but Hydra was hidden. AIM was hidden. You have all these, you know, the Black Widow network completely hidden. And, you know, you can expand it on that Wakanda and all their technology was massive, you know, with their influence around the world. But nobody knows about each other. 
How is that possible? How are you running a top secret spy organization and not know of all the other stuff that's going on? And uh, the Ten Rings are, you know, massive, Word. been around for thousands Word. of years. That's, yes. that's the other one I was thinking of. Word. But all these places, all these huge, you know, crime organizations and nobody knows about each other. That kind of bugs me. So it's funny you say Ten Rings. Did you notice how many piercings she had in her one ear? I tried to count. I only got up to seven before the scene changed. Nine. They don't want to do 10 because they don't want it to relate to the 10 rings. Oh, that's uh -oh. funny. Alrighty. So I think uh, we've uh, expressed enough of our dislike or, you know, some of our likes about this movie. Let's move on to the alter egos. Now I'll start us off. I did have a hard time on this one. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. I just watched this movie last night. <laughs> and I'm um, still under the 24 hour mark of starting it. Um, <laughs> so it was about 10 o'clock last night. We're looking at about 845 right now. And I'm like, it, it still hasn't fully processed to sure. connect this with, with you guys. Okay. But starting with Alyssa, from what I know, in, you know, we've, we've expressed on other shows that we've never physically, you know, we have physically met for like 20 minutes. Like but once, mo right. most of our interaction are here is virtual, but everything I know about you, you kick ass. <laughs> so I'm definitely put you, putting you as the scar Joe. You are the, the Natasha Romanoff. You are the black widow. Thank you. Now, as far as why it goes, uh -oh. I had a very hard time placing you. I did too. And I put you as Milena, the mom. Oh! <laughs> yeah I, I told you i had a hard time but Anyone? you are you are very <laughs> very smart and, and over a, lot here of, a lot of subjects you know you're a complete professional in the job that you know we were that we work together and you know you you know you, you got <laughs> paid quotes. to do it that makes you professional but <laughs> you know your stuff and oh, shit, that was funny <laughs> you know she knew her stuff you know she was the science person of 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 the group and science and person everyone every group's got that science person i like that um what do you want to be when you grow up a science person, a science person. <laughs> now as far as me i put myself as the red guardian yes more of you know i'm that bit out of shape i'd be the guy trying to squeeze into a costume <laughs> and and I keep talking about the glory days where, you know, I used to do the same thing Wyatt did. And, you know, of my years with the company, I've spent more, more time out of that role, but I keep talking about the time that I was in that role sure. and, you know, going back, living the glory days of, you know, back in my day. Exactly. Back in my day. <laughs> so that's what I had. I'm, I'm very curious to see what you guys had. So, Adam, I agree with you. You are the Red Guardian. I also had you as Red Guardian. Um, I put you, you know, you're, you're three for a, three. You're a, a bigger dude, and you're also the fun dad that overshares everything. Also, the Soviet equivalent of Captain America. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, okay. So, it's a compliment. <laughs> The red beard has nothing to do with this red guardian, right? Uh, right. <laughs> also, I feel like you'd totally be the guy making everyone in prison fight him if he was a super soldier. <laughs> okay, very good. You next in the line. Let's go. Like, <laughs> oh, it wasn't the fight. It was. It was the arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. Yeah, but yeah. he was also fighting people for fun. 
Uh, Alyssa, I had you as um, Elena. I will take it. Only because, uh, so Black Widow is too easy because you clearly are her. So I'd say your your alternate personality is Elena, only because of her ex- explaining the the hysterectomy on on, on the oh, helicopter. Yes. yes. Oh my God, that is me. They just Not take afraid. your fallopian tubes and they rip. They just rip them out. They rip all of it out of your body. Everything. Enough, you did enough. not have to be so graphic. You could have just said. <laughs> so not afraid to go into the deep, deep details. <laughs> Gross. Well, and myself, I don't know. I can I couldn't pick one. Nothing. <laughs> no. Well, then I can tell you. I okay, can tell, tell you me. who you are. Um, I also agree with Adam. I had myself as Black Widow. I think uh, we think very similarly our character brains. I'm also the protective older sister and I'm here to announce that the redhead is returning. I'm going oh. back. To, I'm going back. You to, are? I am. Like, in, like Adam's beard red? Like in red a red? week. In a week. Really? Oh yes. boy. And my Puerto Rican boyfriend is very confused. <laughs> <laughs> red hair. What is that? <laughs> he's seen pictures and he's like, I don't know, but I need a change, so I'm going back to red. But I'm excited. Pumpkin spice, if you will. October yeah. 1st, pumpkin spice. Um, so Wyatt, I had you as Rick Mason. And they're both looking at me like, who the hell is Rick Mason? Uh-huh. You guys remember at all who Rick Mason is? No? So Rick Mason was the very handsome looking man who had the random and weird hookups for Black Widow. He got her the car. Oh, the, he got the her British the hideaway. Dude. Yeah. Yep. Stealthy, regular looking guy. You know, had the supplies, like a basic hardware kit, stash under the stairs. That kind of guy. That old chestnut. And according to uh, Yelena, the best, like a real pro. And I'm sure you would also love to stick it to U.S. Secretary of State Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Um, <laughs> Who would? And I just feel like the dynamic between Rick and Black Widow is kind of like the two of us, where he gets her the passport, and it's like Fanny Longbottom, and he's like, "What? It's a real name." And she's like, "No, <laughs> it's not." She's like, "I'm not. I, I'm not doing that. I'm. This is not a fake identity. This is obviously a fake identity." Like. <laughs> Did y'all catch the name of the dog at the end? Oh, no. I'm pretty sure that it, they, the dog jumped out. It's like, come on, Fanny. <laughs> With the dog, Aww. Fanny. Oh, I see that. That would make sense. So, yeah, I didn't make you Drakov or Taskmaster. I'm the, evil, evil I'm the, or, I'm the neutral. I'm, I'm Switzerland. I thought about it. I thought about it. I don't know who I would have made Andrew. Oh, God. So, Don't think about that. That worked out. <laughs> well, friends, you get to make your own choices now. And we're glad that you chose to tune into us and listen to us babble on for an hour plus on whether we like this movie or whether we disliked this movie. Adam, thank you again for joining us. I Yay. think this makes him an honorary official member. Host. Yes. Co-host. Yeah. Not just do I get a my guest. do I get a, my own Spectre identity? We'll have sure. to 
we'll have to talk to the to the, uh, the other guy, Andrew. <laughs> the other guy. The other guy. You forgot who he was. That's going to go over I, well. I definitely did. <laughs> anyway, join us next week where we tape where we take a trip into Wakanda where we deep dive into Black Panther. Wakanda we'll, forever. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram as at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Ask the Avengers. This is Spectre Radio signing off.